0: Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 network. The Biden administration has been caught red-handed flying illegal immigrants across the country in the dead of night, and should this behavior continue over the next three and a half years, it will fundamentally alter the course of this country as well as what it believes, and of course, how it votes. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. All right, problematic. thank you so much for joining me yet again. This is Rob Smith This Problematic. And, and this week, um, a story broke, which I believe is one of the most important stories to have broken throughout this entire administration. And if you are paying attention to media, whether it be conservative, mainstream or otherwise, you will have seen the story because it's just too big to ignore. So the Biden administration has been caught red-handed, secretly flying underage illegal immigrants into New York in the dead of night, right? So this is what's going on here. And if you have seen um, all of the conversations that we have had about what is going on at the border, um, if you have seen all of the reporting that has been done on Fox about, you know, The fact that the ICE agents that are at the border, they are not being empowered to do their jobs. The border is a complete mess. They canceled the contract to complete the border wall. Like, all of this stuff is happening right now. And then, thank God for the New York Post, because they broke this story. And. Basically, what is going on here, and I'm going to read you a little bit from the New York Post article that broke this story, and then I want you to hear from Miranda uh, Devine, who is a New York Post reporter. She goes on Tucker all the time, um, and she was talking about this. Um, so basically, the charter flights originate in Texas, where the ongoing border crisis has overwhelmed local immigration officials and have been underway since at least August. So this is, according to sources... Um, that were you know reporting on this um, to the New York Post. Last week, the Post saw two planes land at the Westchester County Airport, where most of the passengers who got off appeared to be children in teens, with a small portion appearing to be men in their 20s. Now, just a side note here, this isn't the first time that I, I think this has happened um, with In terms of flying, you know, illegal immigrants into this country in the, in the dead of night. Now, when the Afghanistan stuff happened a couple of months ago, remember, this is all we talked about in August. I did, um, episode after episode about this. They were caught flying all of these people from Afghanistan, you know, over here and they put, you know, little barriers so that people couldn't see what was going on and they shuttled them off of the trains or excuse me, off of the planes on the buses. Um, and then they went God knows where, right? So this is this is really happening and I want you to listen to um Miranda Devine um Divine talk about this. Uh, because it is it is very important. So I w- I want to play for you her talking about this.
1: Well, we know that Joe Biden has dismantled uh, all the border protections and that we've had upwards of 1.5 million illegal migrants cross into America. But what we didn't know was where they were going. So we had a tip off that they were flying into uh, Westchester uh, County Airport in White Plains in the dead of night, two, three, four 3, 4 in the morning. Uh, so last week we went and had a look and we did see um, two planes fly in with uh, about 100 illegal or 100 migrants migrants get off the plane. Uh, Most of them were unaccompanied children. We're told by the government they were all unaccompanied children but uh, several of them did look to us to be males in their 20s late teens Uh, and then they were put onto buses charter buses Uh, they had a police escort out of the airport and then they were dispersed around uh, various places in new york long island uh, also new jersey they were dropped off on a rest area at the new jersey turnpike we also sent a crew to jacksonville because these flights are coming from Texas from McAllen, El Paso, Houston uh, and they're coming to White Plains via Jacksonville, Florida. So we had a crew down there on the weekend and they also spotted a flight uh, landing um, and about uh, 15 to 20 uh, illegal migrants uh, got off that plane and they were bussed to um, about a place about 130 miles west of Jacksonville. So uh we've done our best to get the information from the government but we've really been stonewalled uh no one wants to talk all that uh we've referred to the health and human services and all they will say or the white house will say is that they have an obligation to look after unaccompanied children and that's what they're doing but they don't explain why they're doing it in the dead of night why is this such a secret operation why is no one talking about it
0: And so look, guys, we know why this is such a secret operation. We know why nobody is talking about this, because this is something that they do not want. This is something that they do not want people to be talking about. This is obviously something that they do not want people to know about. And and that is what is going on here. And the weirdest thing about this is that whenever this is spoken of and, and this is what i hate and this is what the mainstream media does and this is what the people that want to control the conversations that we we have in this country do is that they create um some sort of term for it right so the people that do not want you talking about for say um, any sort of election integrity issues that happen in 2020, this is what they did. They titled it The Big Lie, capital B, capital L. And so in order for them to title it with that, um, that means that anybody that speaks really openly and honestly about those issues, that is made to make them seem crazy, made make them seem like some sort of kook, right? And so what they do when everybody talks about whenever anybody talks about the illegal immigrant situation that's happening in this country and when you have and we basically see this happening right before our eyes is the border is basically being thrown wide open and this administration flying them across the country on, on taxpayer dollars by the way so we're we're seeing this happen and by the way i just paid a huge tax bill and this is not where i wanted my taxpayer dollars to go to but anyway whenever this is spoken of particularly by Straight white men in the conservative media space, they pounce and they call it, quote unquote, replacement theory. And if you've never heard of replacement theory, what replacement theory is, is this sort of white supremacist idea that people are being brought over here to replace Americans. And this is um something that is that has its roots in white supremacist ideology, right? And so they say, oh, whenever anybody is talking about the millions of illegal immigrants that are being shipped into our country every single year and now being flown across the country, by the way, um, in effect delivered to the very people that paid the coyotes to bring them over, now it's replacement theory, now it's white supremacist, and this is something that you shouldn't be talking about. But that is exactly what is happening here, okay? And it's not, you know, a white supremacist talking point to to talk about it. Like, I'm a black guy. I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not engaging in white supremacist ideology. I'm basically speaking the truth of everything that is going on in this country. And that's exactly what is going on here. So they are being brought over here. I don't know if it's necessarily to replace Americans. I know for a fact that they're being brought over here because they overwhelmingly vote for Democrats. If these illegal immigrants that were coming over, if these were Cubans, um, if these were, were anybody else, you had better believe, and if this was anybody else that was going to vote for um, Republicans, you had better believe that it would not be happening to this level, particularly not with Democrats in charge. But this is, this is what's going on here. And... This is what they do not want you to talk about. And look, let's go back to what Democrats were running on in 2020, um, in in 2019 and 2020, when that, that clown car of Democrat candidates was running for president. And I remember, and this to me is the most prescient image to come out of the the 2019 2020 you know when everybody was running for election when all of those Democrats on that page on that stage basically raised their hands when they said who is here for free health care for illegal immigrants every single one of these people raised their hands right um, and so basically the Democrats are offering free stuff and free everything to illegal immigrants. Um, and now is the time to come through with their promise. This is what they're doing right now. But but, but first, um, in order to fundamentally follow through with that promise, they have to get as many illegal immigrants over here as they possibly can. And that is what is going on right now. And this is absolutely wild. And this is not... Um, white supremacist theory, this is not racist, this is not any of that other stuff to basically stand up and say that this is what is going on here, and it's because it's not about white or it's not about black or Latino or skin color or anything like that. this is about the Democrats right now, basically bringing people over here and making it interesting to go over here and to come here. And these people have no interest in what makes America great. They have no interest um, in learning its values or even, you know, what uh makes America great or, or anything about what makes this country so great, right? And so this is kind of what's going on here. And I think that this is what we have to realize. It, it, it really is what we have to realize because if we do not talk about this stuff, and if we are not able to say exactly what is going on here, then this is how we lose the country. And I think that this country is being lost right now. Honestly, to tell you the truth, guys, I feel completely out of control here. I don't know what else we can do to stop this other than basically calling it out. And and I think ultimately, in the long run, what we have to do is we have to wake people up so that they can vote these people out of office to take back the House and the Senate and to eventually take back the White House. Because people need to know and people need to be aware of exactly what is going on here. And no, like I said, it is not racist, it is not white supremacist, it is not any of these other things to be completely open and honest about exactly what is going on here. This should be probably one of the biggest news stories that is happening in America right now. But of course, um, it is being swept under the rug. It is completely outrageous. The only thing that I can think of that any of us can do to, to stop this is to make sure we get out there and vote in 2020. Vote these people out of office. These people do not have the best interests of America in mind. Meghan McCain has a new book out and she's speaking up about the bullying she received on the set of The View and of the quote unquote toxic culture. But is she the victim or does she take some blame in all this? I'll get into it up next. So Meghan McCain is on a book tour right now. She has got a new book out. I think it's an audible like audio memoir, this is what they're calling it, called Bad Republican, where she basically is putting The View and and everybody on it basically on blast. Um, And and she's talking a lot about her experience on The View. And I'll get into what she had to say about her experience in a little bit. She uh, did an interview with Hannity and they You know, they had a lot of clips. There were so many clips that went viral um, over the past five years when Megan McCain was on The View. And a lot of these clips were basically just these women on The View either Joy Behar or Sonny Hostin or or Whoopi Goldberg. um, I I don't want to say bullying her. I don't know if you can bully like a grown adult, but they were definitely curt with her and they were definitely short with her. Um, And and before I get into what she had to say about this, this is a part of a conversation about how conservatives are represented in the mainstream media because the truth of the matter is and the facts of the matter is is that Megan McCain made the view interesting. The view is not interesting with Megan McCain. What people don't realize about what makes these shows work is that you need differences of opinion. You really do need Different opinions and different points of view on that stage, on that set. And I don't care if it's The View, um, I don't care if it's any other show. I remember um, a, a couple of, probably about nine, 12 months ago back, you know, there was a lot of these black liberal commentators on CNN. I think it was like um, April Ryan and Bakari Sellers and maybe Van Jones, maybe one or the other. They were kind of like, you know, talking about, oh, you know, we're going to get. Um, we're going to have a panel show and it's going to be an hour long, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, well, this is boring. Like, Who would want to watch a panel show with a bunch of people agreeing with each other all the time? It just it doesn't make for interesting um, or compelling television, first of all. So Megan McCain made The View interesting. And honestly, it is far less interesting without her. So um, when she was doing it, she got dragged all over Twitter on a daily basis. And I want you to listen to you know, what she had to say about how she felt um, during her time on The View. This is her on Hannity, and they kind of go into um, uh, some of the clips here that were just so bad, like, what he just really did uh, treat this woman poorly. Listen to this.
2: My job right. here is not to litigate the ethics of it. I'm an ABC political analyst, along with being a View co-host. My job is to analyze the politics of it, and I'm telling you but the politics. of But I'm not talking about the, you. I'm talking about I'm the telling people you my that job are, are here. senators me that finish. are in, in, the, the, talk. Uh, me in the, the Senate. Let me let you talk. Let me here's what's happening Do you want to now. We're gonna we're gonna the show keep, ever? Girl, like, please stop talking. I, please stop talking right now. Because you know what? No problem. No problem. Thank you. I won't talk to the rest of the show. No problem. Okay, that's I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. If you're going to behave like this, I'm not behaving like you anything. Are, I'm you are. You are showing Yes, we understand no, I that. No, I'm going to talk. But you she- are. But what you're doing? No, I'm not. Is do- you're fr- I- We're not doing anything. How about this? Former FBI. We'll be right back.
3: Here to explain author of the new audio memoir, bad Republican, Meghan McCain. I- I'm just traumatized looking at it. Uh, man, that's <laughs> brutal. Um, tell us about it. <laughs>
2: I mean, those are two of the moments in my new Audible memoir that I speak about. Um, the last moment was actually my second day back from maternity leave and I had very severe postpartum anxiety, and that moment um, triggered a panic attack backstage. I vomited in my office. Um, it was horrible. I started crying between commercial breaks, and it was the moment that I just thought that my four years uh, in an anthropological experiment in left-wing media had come to an end because um, I really enjoyed my four years at The View in the sense that I found it a great challenge. It's a huge platform. People watch it. It's the number one show in daytime. but you are targeted if you're the token conservative and you are treated differently. And it's been interesting having my uh, book excerpt released today because people just really don't seem to be surprised at all. But there is validation in hearing it from my mouth. And I felt like it was really time for me to show my story, instead of having it through the lens of the liberal media and the liberal people who were leaking from internally on the show I worked on. And I felt like it was important for mothers to hear that it's okay. You don't have to put yourself or your pregnancies in a position where you could possibly have your health or your mental health put in a position of toxicity. And I decided to leave after I became a mother. And that was ultimately the game changing moment for me.
3: You, you, Megan, you even went as far as to say you felt like you'd been slapped and you, you, you called the work environment, you know, toxic, direct and, and purposeful hostility. And none of that looked fun to me. And, and I can say in complete honesty, I've had minor little skirmishes here and there with, with a few on air talent, but nothing like this at all, ever. Not even close. I mean, this, this is like a cancerous environment.
2: Yeah. And it's all very personal. That's the thing is that being a conservative woman in mainstream media is deeply threatening. Being a woman who can hold her own on a show like that proved to be ultimately threatening. So it became more and more personal. The stronger the show got, that was the ironic part of it, is the better the show did after we won an Emmy. We were on the cover of The New York Times Magazine as the most important political show in America. I felt like the toxicity got worse and worse. I actually felt like the more successful I was on The View and the more moments I helped get them and the more I pressed liberal candidates and liberal guests on the show, the worst it got for me backstage. And then ultimately it started spilling out on air. Okay.
0: So here's the thing about Meghan McCain. Um, and the question about, do I like Meghan McCain? Not really. Um, I, I think that she's great TV. I think that she is very compelling on camera, especially when she's put into that role, because look, I did something a couple of years back. I did a Vice video, where it's basically, you know, black conservatives debate black liberals. And that was one of the things that really kind of like shot me into, you know, another stratosphere in my career. Because honestly, when you are somebody that's conservative leaning and you can defend yourself – and you can defend your values and everything that you believe when you're in a pool of liberals. It just makes you look that much better. Um, so I, I, definitely get it, but yeah, do I like May McCain? No, uh, look, she's a nepotism case. Um, I don't know that she would be where she is if she, if her last name wasn't McCain. Like she definitely got where she is based on her last name. But that being said, like I said, um, she made good television and she has some very astute analysis and, and what, you know people this is a little inside baseball but what these executives love and what TV networks love is they love people that are insiders they love people that are that have access to power or are related to power anything like that I mean look at um Abby Huntsman who was the token conservative on the view for a little bit but I think they got rid of her because she was so boring but she was a uh, she was John Huntsman's daughter right um the executives like that stuff they they really do because it gives people I, I think that people that have sort of like that in ball, inside baseball um, aspect to it, executives like that. But she actually did, of course, she was a never-Trumper, of course, she bashed Trump at every opportunity, but she actually did do that, but also stand up for conservative value. So it made for really, really good television, as opposed to Anna Navarro who I hear has been gunning for that conservative seat on The View. But the thing about Anna Navarro is that she's branded herself into a corner because she was a conservative for many years, but then she just went on the never-Trumping, bashing Trump train and then doesn't speak up about any conservative values because she wants to be loved by the left. And so what that leads me to, as a viewer to see is that it's just boring. So Anna's not going to get that spot. I don't necessarily know who's going to get it, because when you are in that role in the mainstream media as a conservative, you are just setting yourself up to get demolished and destroyed. For me, I'm not afraid of going on mainstream media at all. Mainstream media generally will not have me. They prefer to have conservatives that they, can, that they know they can make look stupid. Um, and also, when you are a conservative and you go into mainstream media and you're battling with liberals, they're not there for an exchange of ideas. They are there to destroy you. They are there to make you look stupid and to look silly and to look like a sellout or a token or any of these other things um, that they say about conservatives. So you're not necessarily having a good faith conversation. And what this Megan McCain thing really does speak to is it really does speak to the homogenous nature of political discourse in this country as well as in the mainstream media. Honestly, guys, and I watch it all. Like, I watch conservative media and I watch mainstream media. And I would love to see more diversity of viewpoints all across the board. And I say this a lot, and I'm not just saying this because I I do Fox stuff a lot, but when you watch Fox News, there's always a liberal. Um, there's always the the Democrat, you know, to give the talking points or to give the perspective or whatever. You do not see this stuff in mainstream. You do not see um, a conservative on MSNBC. You you very rarely see any conservatives on CNN. And I think that something is going to give in the mainstream media leading up to the next election because, you know, these numbers are just not doing well. Like the view is not relevant without Megan McCain, okay? Um, CNN doesn't even have a show that can break a million viewers because of this this very thing. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, where this goes. And of course, whenever there's a conservative on in mainstream media, the leftists on Twitter pounce. But like I said, Twitter is not real life. And I don't think that The View could have been anywhere near as culturally relevant without Megan McCain. And I do not think that is it is going to be culturally relevant without her now if the view really had some guts really had some guts they would back up the money truck and put candace owens on that show oh that show would trend every single day but they're not going to do that because they're afraid to um so that's that look these conservative media conversations they they miss something And they are more boring without a diversity of perspectives, I think. Okay, so Donald Trump is launching a new social media network called The Truth. But is it a good idea, and will it work? I'll weigh in up next. Okay, so former president Donald J. Trump is going to launch his own social media app. This is going to be called Truth Social. Um, He said in a statement that he would, quote, stand up to big tech companies such as Twitter and Facebook that have barred him from their platforms. This is from Reuters. True Social will be created through a new company formed by a merger of the Trump Media and Technology Group and a special acquisition company, according to a press release distributed by both organizations. So this is what, what, what he says. Um, we live in a world where the Taliban has a huge presence on Twitter, yet your favorite American president has been silenced. This is unacceptable, and this is what Trump said in a statement. And look, apparently, um, this is a, an idea that is very exciting to a lot of people. The SPAC shares has has sparked four hundred percent, like they jumped four hundred percent since this announced. Um, and so not only will this be a social media app, it will also be a subscription video on demand service called TMTG Plus that will feature entertainment news and podcasts according to the news release. So look, I, I have some thoughts about this. But first of all, um, I want to play you. This is Don Jr. on Fox um, promoting this new social media app called The Truth. And I'm going to play to you a little bit of what... Down Jr. had to say.
3: For so long, big tech has suppressed conservative voices. If you're pro-Second Amendment, if you're pro-life, if you're religious, if you're just a conservative, you have been in Facebook jail, you have been deplatformed, you have been demonetized. What we're trying to do is create a big tent, an open and free network for people to be able to communicate, to exercise your First Amendment rights. And so tonight, my father signed a definitive merger agreement uh, to form what will ultimately be the Trump media... technology group and truth social a platform for everyone to express their feelings big tech and all of those on the left for so long sean have been saying well if you don't like the rules that we really enforce only one way on our platforms go create your own and so we did just that so that's going to launch very soon we're going to be in beta testing in the next few weeks uh full launch uh, first quarter of 22. uh, It's going to be exciting, and we're looking to give a voice back to the American people. You saw what they did to the president of the United States. We want to make sure that Americans have a voice. No political discrimination. We're going to cancel, cancel culture. We're going to stand up and push back against the tyranny of big tech. I think America has been waiting for this. We've been working on it for a while. We've kept it under wraps, uh, but now we are in process to get that going to return
0: our voice back to those who need it and who want it. All right, so look, you know, I have some thoughts on this. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I have some very complicated thoughts on this. First of all, do I think that this is a good idea? Yes or no? Okay the okay, so this is what I think this is what I truly think problematic. this is what I truly think because I speak my mind and I know that Trump's follow me and I know all of that stuff and honestly, like I'm really beyond caring about all that stuff at this point. I, I really don't care. The social media aspect of this is I think DOA. I think it's dead on arrival. first of all, um, because number one, As somebody that like works in social media, as somebody who does all of my content through social media, I personally like I do not want to be on another social media platform. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Like I do a little stuff on YouTube. I should be doing TikTok. So first of all, like the social media aspect of this is DOA. And that is the issue with, I think, conservative uh, leaning social media apps or content in general. It becomes this weird echo chamber. And I saw this with the parlor stuff and when parlor was a big thing. You will, like, you would be around people that their only app that they use was parlor because, oh, Twitter is, is suppressing this and Facebook is suppressing this and Instagram is suppressing this or whatever. And so they would be on parlor. And they would not even be living in reality. Like these people would not be living in the real world. So this was what was going on here. They there were some people that were on parlor, and I know of some of them. Like they thought that Trump was going to get, you know, instated as president, like all the way up to Biden's inauguration. And then they thought it was gonna be in March. And then they thought that it was going to be in August. And the issue that I have with these social media platforms. That are explicitly conservative or whatever, is that it leads to an echo chamber, and then people are just not living in reality. And instead, they create their own reality. And I think that that is not that is just not something that's right. Like I, I don't think that that's the the best path to go to, right? So I think the social media aspect of it is DOA. Like I'm personally probably not gonna be on it. I mean. I just don't know what I would do on it. I don't know, unless I have, and I'm just going to be completely honest, unless with me, unless there was some financial interest on me being there and maybe promoting to my audience that they need to be there, like I will not be on there. And the thing about it is, is that all of the people that you're going to see on there are just going to be people that have some sort of financial vested interest in being on there. And so then they can bring all of their followers there, but then... If you have the follower base or if you have the base, like if you attract people who want you to lie to them um, and do not want to exist in reality, then that's what you're getting. And you guys know, Problematics know that that's not me. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything and I'm not going to lie to people uh, about stuff just to have a following. It's ridiculous. Now, the entertainment aspect of this. Um, This idea, this, what is it? TMTG plus or whatever that's going to be um, entertainment news and podcasts um, and a subscription video on demand. That I think is very interesting. That I think is fascinating because there is a real huge audience here for people that, and these are things that I'm, I'm sort of exploring myself. And if you guys listen to me on a regular basis, you know that I've spoken about this in the past, is that I think that there is a real opportunity here um, to create entertainment-oriented things, to create other content for people um, that is just not super far-left woke, that doesn't have to be explicitly political all the time, but has some sort of entertainment value to it. And I think that, honestly, the TMTG Plus thing, that will ultimately, I believe, be more successful – than another social media app because people are just people are over the social media apps. People are tired of the social media apps. I'm personally on five social media apps. Like I don't need to be on another one. Okay? So look, good for Trump and good for all them to to for you know, just trying to to step up and and trying to take a fight to big tech, but I have to say this, you know, and I'm going to be problematic. And I, in a lot of people say this, you know, behind the scenes, is that Trump had the White House, the House, and the Senate for two years and did absolutely nothing when it came to social media suppression. They had this big conference at the White House where they had all these social media influencers there, and then Trump, you know, got out and then he talked about himself and how he suppressed and he had all these people, and then he did. Absolutely nothing, and I don't care what you think about Trump, love him or hate him. But you have to be able to speak honestly about, you know, some of his shortcomings as president. And and I will continue to do that. So, do I think the social media app is an amazing idea? No. Um, do I think that the subscription on-demand video service with entertainment um, and some news-oriented stuff is a good idea? I absolutely think that's a good idea. And fundamentally, that will probably be the more successful. Of these two ideas. Before we go, I'm going to thank my fellow Problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter at Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.